Twin Cities Carry Live Show, episode 14. How are you guys doing tonight? All right. Doing well. This is the Twin Cities Carry Live Show. We're a firearms training company based in Minnesota. We do permit to carry, basic firearms training, DNR, hunter's education, advanced carry courses, and much more. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram. If you're watching this video, you can also get this same video as a podcast the following day on any major podcast player. Uh, gentlemen, going to do some introductions. AJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What's new in your world? I'm <laughs> <laughs> something people don't know. Uh, yeah, let's not go that far. I mean, I uh, guess if we're going with the old... Uh, Personal info. Uh, I got a couple of all the personal daughters. info. All That's fine. I got I got daughters. Uh, hockey season is wrapping up. I got two daughters in hockey, and uh, although I'm a huge fan of this um, season versus other sports that they've been involved in, uh, I'm excited to stop playing taxi for a little while. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a lot to. Uh... There's a lot to go through. Jim? <laughs> I, I suppose if we're going to get on the daughter and taxi uh, bandwagon, my daughter's in dance, not hockey. But, yeah, I uh, I bought her a car when she hit 16, and now she's her own taxi. So now I'm just paying the body shop. Have you seen her since? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah there, was, there was a while there where for about the first six weeks after she got her license, nobody saw her. I was talking to her stepdad once, and like, man, she's a ghost. She's just gone. <laughs> so uh, let me inter introduce Joel. He's not a uh, yes. uh, you know frequent contributor. Here's my friend Joel coming from in, in from uh, Texas. Uh, Joel and I have been shooting for decades. Joel's uh, uh, been an NRA instructor for more than twenty years now. Uh, carried a badge and a gun as a credentialed uh, special agent in the Air Force OSI for a dozen years. Um, actually, later on this year, will become eligible to retire from the Air Force as a major. Currently uh, serving out his remaining time in the uh, Air National Guard, working with the uh, the A-10 attack jet. Joel, anything else you'd like to add to that? Uh, I don't have any daughters i was too immature for children so uh <laughs> well played <laughs> uh no i'm uh, happy to be here i'm gonna keep quiet for the most part but uh i mean none of the rest of us bother shutting our mouths at any point in time so why why would you do anything different uh i'm your host and i also have a daughter much younger than these two I have a son as well. Um, I'm really happy my son's back in full-time school. I'm not going to lie. it's uh, He was just as sick of me as I was of him. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's nice. All right, guys. Uh, figured we'd jump right into it tonight, right? We uh, were talking a little bit before the show. Ah, there's a few new competitors to the P365. Those of you who are not familiar, the P365 has kind of set standard for small carry pistols, right? It's light. It was first gun that small to have 10 plus one rounds. Uh, it's easy to handle, decent recoil mitigation. I don't know. What do you guys think? Three of us have a three P365. Joel, I don't know if 
it's not really your flavor of firearm. So yeah, I don't have one. Uh, I fired Jim's uh, once a few years ago, and uh, I'm not real familiar with the striker fired stuff, but uh, I thought it was a real solid contender for uh, defensive carry purpose. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jim. I don't know. You... Well, yeah. I mean, you 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 touched on it. it was it was uh, it was an innovation in its market. The previous players in that market were things like the Glock forty three and the Ruger LC nine, and and you know your best case scenario was seven shots in the magazine, and then Sig literally designed the smallest possible magazine they could that would hold ten mag ten rounds, then built the smallest possible gun they could around it, and it shot well. So you put the two together, and it just suddenly changed that market. And now everybody is jumping on the bandwagon trying to uh, trying to compete with that. You first had the Springfield Hellcat, and now what? In the last two weeks, Smith and Wesson and Ruger have both entered that market with their con their contenders. Yeah, you know, um, man, I don't want to like the Hellcat was a direct ripoff of the P three sixty five, in my opinion. Like direct like they just went they bought one they said all right guys make make this and put the springfield logo on it change the slide serrations roll <laughs> um you know and and it was it was a big deal too from the standpoint of i would say that we see more 365s now on the range than we do any other gun i think it is a plurality leader in the market and, and the, the simplest thing we can just look at is the anecdotal evidence here that, that even though I'm the SIG guy among the three of us here, Joel, you know, carries the single action only 1911 style platform. So he's kind of out of this particular discussion. But, you know, you guys came in carrying other brands and now all three of us own 365s. Well, it's my biggest thing, and everybody platform. carries differently, right? Um, my biggest thing in this is a lot of guys – you know, some guys prefer big guns, some guys prefer small guns, some guys prefer guns that hide well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My big one is the bullet number, right? I, I'm not the guy that carries additional magazines. I never will. It's, it's just not my style. So I need something I decided a long time ago that 10 is my number. And if it doesn't hold 10, I don't carry it. So you want small, you want concealable. You, yep. you can't do any better. It's, it, that's as small as it gets with that number. So yeah, ten was ten rounds was always your magic number, right? Yep. So yeah, I carried. Um, and previous to that, we're talking things like the Glock twenty six, the Glock twenty seven, things like that. And that's a, I mean, for a small gun, that's a fat gun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They conceal okay, but they don't conceal nearly as well as a three sixty. I mean, uh, Glock forty three was out before P three sixty five, and the Glock forty three was a small gun. Uh, and and after the introduction of the Glock forty three, uh, we had the, or excuse me, we, they came out with the forty three X, which was their answer. Ten round, ten round uh, magazine. Brian, hello to you. All right. So the competitors, right? Let's talk about the shield. Let me go ahead and share this. Oh boy. We can't blame it on the program. The technical difficulties are all me. All right, so. So this is the new one. This is the new 10 plus one? Yep, this is shield plus. You got a 10 plus one and a 13 plus one uh, magazine in it. It has a more aggressive uh, stippling to the grip, which was a big problem with the shield when I had it. It had absolutely 
no grip. It was literally just slick. Uh, I did know it only comes with the it comes standard with the white dot. You got to pay extra for the tritium night sights. Big fan of tritium night sights. I think every gun should just have those as standard. Um, it does come with an upgraded flat face trigger. Obviously, it's got the built-in trigger safety. But anybody who shot that original shield, that original shield trigger was just crunchy and long and junk. So I don't know. I'm interested. This piques my this piques my interest. But I I really did like my shield. I carried it for well four-ish years before I upgraded to the P365. You know, the one that this is directly meant to be a competitor of. Does it do anything for you guys? Well, you know, I just we all have have preferences that aren't necessarily based on anything logical. Just you know, this one looks better and feels better to me than that one. And, and the Smith and Wesson line, while I I recommend them because of the, the the quality and the reliability, they've just never been one that that appealed to me. So yeah, I don't know that I'm going to rush out to to try one of those. <sighs> Fair point. I don't really think that I'm going to be buying that, right? So let's talk about the Ruger. This one, I think, Jim, you're interested in, personally. I think you could do, you'd be willing to buy this one. Yeah, you know, you and I are in the same category that, that uh, you know, that max concealed gun that we have in the pocket if, if we have to absolutely be concealed as a Ruger LCP2. And uh, I've also carried the LC9S, LC9S Pro, um, before I got a 365, but yeah, okay, it's only seven rounds, whereas the P63 365 is is 10. But I've been perfectly happy with with the ergonomics and the reliability on the the, the Rugers that I have. So, you know, I've got a 365. I'm probably going to stick with it. But if if you tell me I can't have the 365 anymore, this is the one I think I'm going to look at next. Yeah. So. Two things that I liked about this, it comes optic ready for a red dot. So if that's the route you're going, and that's, that is becoming more and more popular. That is becoming more and more uh, prevalent. I'm starting to see it. Oh, you're the only one, man. You know, you know that's, that's a big uh -huh. knock against things like, uh, you know, guns like Glock, where, you know, the reliability is there, but they get, they get knocked as being stuck back in the 90s you know none of them come ready for a red dot or anything like that unless you buy the mos line you know so that just is one more more indication that this is a this is a modern yes society ready gun that it, it even if you don't want one it's ready for it if you wanted to go yeah. there you don't have to throw one on uh, i'm starting to see a lot more of them in uh classes and in permits carry instruction so uh, it's it's a big thing people are moving to it uh the other thing you know, like I said, this comes standard with night sights. You don't even have an option for, for not having the tritium sights. And after having tritium sights, I'm a big fan of the tritium sights. Uh, I like it. Yeah, and just to clarify, the, the 365 is, is night sight standard as yep. well. Uh, yeah, so here's your standard 365. I mean, when you start talking about weight, which is a huge thing, right? You're going to carry this thing all freaking day. It's going to be on your hip uh, or you're carrying an appendix. Weight adds up so 17.8 ounces you know uh i don't know if that's dry or loaded i'm gonna go ahead and assume that that is actually loaded the shield we're talking about was it 20 20.2 i think you said yeah 20.2 here we go 20.2 ounces and then when we hop back to that ruger uh again we're we're at 18.4 ounces again they don't say if that's loaded or dry i'm gonna assume that that's 
It'd probably be better to assume that it's low, uh, dry, right? I'm going to advertise the dry number versus the low, uh, loaded that's, number. That's pretty darn light <laughs> for 10 rounds of ammunition. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, optic ready, uh, much to AJ's uh, displeasure. Uh, comes standard it's like No, I don't think it's a gimmick. Ah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's you know here we go. The other thing that uh, Ruger has going for it that that's the same grip style that they're using on all their other carry style pistols, and it's a it's a good grip, right? It's not too aggressive, it's not too slick, it works real well. Um, I do like it on that LC LCP, um, you know. But that's yeah, that's 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 what I think of when I look at this. Is this is like a, a an inflated LCP, and and boy, that has been. Yeah. Good, a good weapon for its niche. I, I, I think in the niche that it resides in, the LCP2 is hands down the best gun available. Yeah, let's be real honest about what it is and that niche it resides in, right? It's a tiny gun. It's a... Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's a little max conceal gun. It's not something you're going to carry if you have any choice of carrying something bigger, but for what it's meant to do, I think it's the best option out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's true max conceal. All right. Oh, you know, Jim, should we talk about your Glock 44s? Oh, sure. Yeah, so anybody here who, who you know, hasn't been a, a, a customer of, of our company, you may not know, but, you know, for all of our students who don't have their own gun, if they want to rent one from us, we all have 22s that we can, we can uh, loan out. And uh, over the years, we found that the Rugers, the Smith and, Smith and Wethen M&Ps, and and now you Shane with that Torx TS20 TX22, those are kind of the guns that that perform well and and hold up. We've had other brands, you know, brands that that have real good reputations, but at least in the 22, they didn't work out. And uh, I've been using a Ruger Target pistol ever since I started with the company, and I switched from an older model that had the magazine release on the bottom of the grip one that at least had it behind the trigger like you'd expect but i'm still tired of people looking at the gun and saying wow that looks weird and then getting all stressed out about the guns i wanted something closer to standard closer to you know looks like something they fired before i wanted the tx22 like you have nobody had them in stock in the configuration i want Next choice on my list was the Glock 44. Everything I can find uh, says the the Taurus is a little better gun you know, from a reliability standpoint. But uh, I found a couple of uh, uh, 22s from a vendor in North Carolina. Ordered them late Sunday night. They showed up at the uh, FFL yesterday, and so now I'm uh, delayed. But I can pick them up Saturday before AJ and I uh, have 29 students scheduled to shoot that that day, so we can uh, we can break them in on Saturday. Yeah, so I mean, I've, I've shot a few uh, Glock 44s, and the thing I, f I forgot about until you mentioned it is that they are a polymer slide, which yeah, they're is they're, they're designed to be an analog and a, a training partner to the 19, which is is I think Glock's most commonly carried gun. You know, they're literally the same size and shape, but they're a heck of a lot lighter because that 22 round doesn't have the ability to move a big, you know, heavy steel slides. The slide is actually polymer. You pick up the gun and you're like, whoa, I, I can't believe how light this thing is. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you know, they had some issues when they first came out. Let's not uh, let's not cover that up. They had they had slides breaking. They had feed issues. They had like they had issued directions on how you were specifically supposed to load the magazine. Um, they they resolved it real quick, but uh, I, mean, I don't know. Everyone I've shot has been real good. Yeah, so you know, come back in a in a couple of months, and we'll have a review of the Glock forty four as a as a range pistol. Uh, yeah, because we're now trying a couple of those out as of this weekend. And then it'll have five thousand rounds, and we'll have a good review for it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, we uh, we put a lot of rounds through quickly. I mean, if I were to only shoot one of them this weekend, it would have five hundred rounds through by the time the day was done. Yeah, and no, I'm back I, there. I'm back there with with online students on Sunday, so I could get 500 through each of them this weekend, no problem. Yeah, I think you'll find the same thing I did, which is uh, when you move away from that target pistol. Uh, not that I was ever using one, but people start really questioning what it is, and you you start questioning. You're like, no, it's it's a fun gun. It's awesome to shoot at the range and only at the rage this isn't a carry gun this isn't what you should use in a defensive situation if you have any other option yeah and i get really tired of all of those arguments that you see online well the 22 kills more people than any other gun i mean we're not talking about killing people we're talking about your life is on the line and the gun in your hand is is what you're using to save it and if it's a 22, the odds of it going click instead of bang are just too high because of the unreliability of that rim fire platform. It's not a gun issue. It's an ammo issue. And I'm sorry, 22s are just not built to be reliable enough to hang your life on. This is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison to say, well, they kill a lot of people. That's that's not what defensive shooting is all about. Uh, no, you're, you're spot on. I, I, I don't. I don't buy into it, but hey, uh, I, I think that's, uh, you know, that 22s kill more people. That's an old, you know, foot mentality. I think that is just through. What statistics are on that on intentional versus accidental shootings? <sighs> that's interesting. Yeah. I've never seen any kind of breakdown, but you're right. That would be interesting information. Yeah, it would. I don't know, like I was saying, though, I think that's like some old FUD lore that uh, is starting to die out as the old FUDs start to die out, so. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of a nicer way to say it, and I wasn't really worried about it. You're, 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 oh, okay, I'm going to borrow a phrase from you and AJ here. You're not wrong. It is widely accepted in the scientific community that new scientific theories don't get accepted because everybody just accepts them. They get accepted because <laughs> the younger people who know them as being the way it is get older and older and older and become the people who are representing everything. And the older people who knew something different die off. That's how you get changes of thought in the scientific world. I'm sure it applies here just the same. True. Like red dots on pistols. Exactly. When, when, when we all die off, then red dots on pistols will be considered the good thing. So it only takes 50 I mean, years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joel, we're old enough, it might not be 50. <laughs> I uh, I want to put a red dot on a pistol. I just don't want to uh, – I don't want to send my slide off to get milled. Well, we, talk, we talked about this last time. You know, red dots on pistols, okay, but why would you take something that is designed specifically to be a highly concealable platform and then make it less concealable? 
If you're carrying something bigger and not worried about concealment in the first place, you're carrying open, fine. But uh, you know, at 365, that Ruger Max 9, I just I, I think that's the wrong platform for a red dot because it, it defeats one of the main purposes of the gun itself. I think we're probably the wrong people to speak on on that aspect of it because we haven't tried it. Um, I've tried them. Yeah, you carry. No, not shooting. I have no problem. Shut up. I'm talking like from the actual carry aspect. I don't see it modifying how I carry or making it more difficult to conceal uh, than what I already carry, right? Because my issue in concealability with my, as I was saying earlier, my my newfound uh, COVID. Uh, winter warmth weight. Uh, it's that's not the portion that's going to cause me concealing issues. The portion is actually the side of the frame or the grip. Right, but a lot of times when I'm carrying the 365, I'm carrying it pocket. Okay. So I mean, I I can agree that yeah, if you're carrying it on your hip, it's less of a concern. But the, the you know the one of the main ways I carry that 365 is in the pocket. I cannot imagine having a red dot sticking up across yeah. it, you know, from the I, I don't carry pocket. Um, I'm 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 not gonna carry pocket. It's just for me, right? I don't see uh, I don't see having an appropriate draw time from pocket. Well, it, 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 it depends on what I'm doing. You know, if you're sitting in a car, pocket is horrible. It, it's yeah. probably worse than small in the back, unless you don't have a seatbelt on. But if you're say walking from the train to the hotel where your daughter's dance competition is, you know, 12 blocks down Nicollet Avenue, Nicollet Mall in Minneapolis, and you can have your hand in your pocket on the butt of your gun walking that whole time, I think that's a viable option for carrying. Fair enough. It's not for me. I'm also, you know, I, I doesn't doesn't work. Like I did. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, in that aspect, yeah. AJ, you look like you're trying to spit something out here. I was just thinking the biggest downfall for me is that it takes away from the fundamental of looking down the sights on the gun. And in the event, and this has happened many times, in fact, it's probably the number one downfall, is that especially with like the Romeo ones, they're very fragile sights, those red dots. They break easily. You break this thing, and now the shooter is not accustomed to shooting through iron sights. And it's a concern for me. I think it's a bad way to train. Well, we've certainly said that about lasers, where people think that if they've got a laser, they don't need to learn how to shoot. And I, I couldn't disagree more. There's you nothing, need to learn how to shoot first. There's nothing I hate more than a laser. It, it, because inevitably what ends up happening... For the same reason, is it takes their eyes off the sight. Yeah. And admittedly, I mean, I think statistically it would be... I mean, those things are going to more likely stay on the gun or not be broken than broken, but mm -hmm. I don't know. that's my biggest drawback. I will agree that, yeah, absolutely, those Romeo ones are crap, and they had a lot of issues. Uh, Delta aim pro, aim point pros were, were not good either. I think they've made uh, advancements. I can understand the concern on battery-operated uh, reliability uh, breaking it. I don't, I don't seem to see the same issues. Uh, personally, right? Like, I'm not, I don't have anything to back it up with. Like, it's just my opinion and my feeling. Um, but I think I'm going to 
I think I'm going to purchase one eventually here and start carrying it, trying it out after I, you know, spend a lot of time shooting it. That's the other thing. I think. What do you think you're going to put it on, though? I'm curious about that. It'll be a 365 slide. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just buy but, it. But that'll be a 365 that's carried probably OWB. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too chunky in the midsection to carry inside the way. Get one to put it on my pin. I got a question about the red dot. Um, oh. My only experience with red dot is on a like a M4 style uh, rifle, um, and I thought it was really useful for that platform. But um, if you're using it for on a defensive carry pistol, does it does it affect your time to acquire a target or anything like that? If you don't practice, yes. You there is there is a learning curve you have to overcome with that acquiring your site, acquiring your target through your site, it's going to take effort. You're retraining yourself. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. You're going to have to get over it. Um, so, and then that, that's a big drawback as well. And that's a fair con concern and drawback. Like the first thing you, I, I guess I'm not as such a fundamentalist as maybe AJ and Jim are and Joel, I don't know about you, but if I, I don't, if you're only going to ever have red dots, I don't see an issue with that. I don't worry about the fundamentals of iron sights. But, yeah, for us who have, who grew up with iron sights, right? Yeah, it's going to take time to overcome. Right. Well, I don't know what you would call the, the sight on that SIG 365 SAS, but the, the thing that I've heard sight. about. Bullseye sight? Okay. Bullseye the thing sight. I've heard about that is the more experienced you are with iron sights, the more trouble you'll have using it. Mm -hmm. It's the newer the user that picks it up right away, just because it is such a, a a difference that if you're if you're used to iron sights, it becomes much more difficult to, to use. I've never really shot that configuration of the 365. Yeah, there's no brain retraining. I don't know. I, I've shot guns with bullseye sights on them, and uh, I don't know. I, I've been able to interchange normally without any sort of retraining yeah. but 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 you know i mean if you're comparing iron sights to that that kind of site i mean it essentially is the exact same thing you know what i mean yeah, i had a, I mean, I had a hard time focusing. A variation of the same thing yeah i had a hard time focusing with it because because when i started looking for a p365 the only thing available were the uh, sas model with that bullseye sight and it, it didn't work for me it's not that i couldn't acquire it it was just different uh, well, I remember you saying the reason you didn't want that one ultimately was that the slide release had been milled down so much as part of that. SAS stands for SIG anti-snag, by the way. Yeah. So to make it less snag-worthy, less snaggable, they trimmed down all of the, the, the features on the outside. And you said that uh, slide release lever had been trimmed down so much you couldn't work it with your thumb anymore. Yeah. Well, and that, and it's even the... The whole thing, right? It, 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 the the slide was just difficult to actually rack. I couldn't imagine trying to rack that in frustration, in you know a tense moment. So and yeah, I could not. I couldn't work the slide release at all. You know, and that's uh, I put the comment up there, but Ryan's comment that red dot's frustrating because it takes longer for him to get a second round down range versus a uh, irons. That's a fair fair concern, right? Like. Yeah, and that's going to be a bigger factor for those who've been shooting for years. I mean, obviously, newer shooters they're not going to know any different. That that training aspect or retraining aspect is going to be a non-factor. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I don't have anything against the iron or the red dots per se in general. I just think as a carry gun, you want to keep it as simple as possible, point and click. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, and I'm definitely that same approach. Uh, you know, I know Joel carries deliberately with a with a manual safety, but I don't want to have to think. You know, okay, is the safety turned off? Uh, is the red dot turned on? It's, I want it to be plug and play, point and shoot, you know, point and click, draw and, and fire. I don't want to have to think about anything. Right. That, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, simple, simple, simple. I mean, I got red dots on rifles and stuff, and I think they work great. I mean, it's not against the sight itself. All right. We should probably get off beating this horse, huh? One more jump. No. <laughs> No, guys, I really need to convince you of my opinion being right, okay? <laughs> Look, it's been 30 minutes. I got another 30 in me. Now, um, <laughs> that's how I killed Twin Cities Carry Live. Um, all right, I wanted to touch. There's not really, it's not new news. Nothing, Nothing's changed. But uh, last episode, we talked about the Minnesota uh, bill to allow non-in-person permits carry renewal. So many people we've seen no movement on that yet so there's a companion bill in the senate so I'm, i mean i'm taking that as a good sign but I, they didn't it was supposed to get to committee uh they didn't have any notes on it when i reviewed the committee notes so i just i don't think it's really no movement which is uh frustrating because there were a lot of people who had to wait three freaking months uh to get their permit to carry when all of hennepin county was yeah, and I mean, we talked about this. My appointment was more than three months from the time I made it, but fortunately, being in this industry, I knew enough to make that appointment literally five and a half months before my expiration date. The average person is not going to know that they needed to have that kind of foresight. Man, there was a lot of expirations, which meant... You know, a lot of people paid more for their next permit. And then, in my mind, much more important, at a, a lapse in the period during which they could carry as a result. A lot of pissed off people. Right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, cops aren't going to protect me. My city doesn't care about me. I need to take my matters into my own hands and protect myself. Oh, wait, they shut down so I can't. Like, complete BS. Um, I don't know. It still piss. It still makes me mad that it's renewal only there's literally no need to make there's no difference between me and somebody who's never filed right it doesn't change anything the background check's not any different price isn't any different there's just nothing different why are we making this on only renewals i don't know everybody should be able to apply online joel what's the process in texas i mean i know there's differences like you have to get fingerprints but then did you have to go somewhere and physically apply or did you mail stuff in or Apply online. Um, they make it pretty easy. Um, I did not have to shoot because of my background. They have some exemptions, so some people don't have to shoot. Like if you're a military or law enforcement, um, they have a pretty cool process where they have this website, and you log in using your driver's license uh, number, and you create sort of an online account. And then it shows all the require all the stuff you need, like uh, fingerprints and um, the f you know form and stuff like that. 
and the uh, I, I did an online training course, and then you you kind of upload documents as needed, and um, I didn't have to go in anywhere. I don't the only thing I had to go in for physically was for the fingerprints. So I went to this place where they do digital fingerprints, and paid the fee, and uh, and then that gets submitted electronically, I guess. So yeah, I mean, aside from the fingerprint thing, which yeah, I, I can't see a real uh, a way around fingerprinting not having to be an in-person kind of thing based <laughs> at the site. But yeah. yeah, so basically, other than that, yeah, there was nothing in person for you. Why? Why? So if you just have to, do you have to submit digital fingerprints, or could you send a molding fingerprints? Uh, good question. I do not know the answer to that. So Florida, uh, I believe it's Florida, you have to do fingerprints. Yep. So what I've heard of a lot of people doing, because you call the police station, they're like, oh, yeah, we're not going to help you out or anything like that. So they'll just buy the ink pad on, on Amazon, print out the card from Florida, do their own fingerprints, send it in, which there's no reason you have to go to the police station to get your fingerprints. So um, I just... It, your fingerprints are with you wherever you go. <laughs> I file them off every day, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, I, it, it, I just think it's stupid. Everything else is digital. Everything else is online. You know, same thing. There's, there's no difference in what, what, what's the difference between a renewal or a, a first time? Like you're just, you're trying to keep some people happy. You're trying to keep minimal permits. I mean. I don't know. It bugs me. I don't. I'm not thinking rationally on it. Of course, you know. Step in the right direction, I guess. Could just but. remove the whole permit process, right? How's that a segue for for the next topic? Uh, <laughs> constitutional carry. Uh, so what? Montana went constitutional like a week or two ago. Constitutional. That sounds carry. about right. Yeah, being no permit required to carry anybody above any adult above a certain age. Some states it's eighteen, some it's twenty-one. You can go get a pistol, get a holster, you can carry it. Right? There's still some stipulations. Uh, some of them it's you know it must be concealed. Some of them it's you know open or or concealed. But so yeah, we saw what Utah, Montana, Indiana was talking about it. Now we got Tennessee and South Carolina. Look so I live uh, 20 miles from the Oklahoma border and Oklahoma became constitutional carry around uh, three or four years ago, I think. Yep. Yeah. Oklahoma's on the list here. I pulled up. So, I mean, to be honest, though, nobody cares about Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, have you ever been through it? <laughs> I've driven through it a couple times. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Oklahoma has some very depressed areas. Yeah. It's everything within the border. <laughs> yeah well good thing it's twin cities carry and not tulsa carry yeah i know I, i'm glad we're not uh streaming to tulsa yeah <laughs> well we were up until about 30 seconds ago <laughs> uh you yeah know, we're blocked on that page now right I, I yeah joel i don't know i guess where you're in um where you're at in texas but uh it looks like yeah not only oklahoma but arizona as well has uh 
some form of constitutional carry. So you know, and that that's one of the confusing things too when we talk about this whole idea of reciprocity. I get questions all the time when people say, "Why should I get an Arizona permit? We have reciprocity. I don't need to carry there." It's like, well, you don't understand. It's not about where you're carrying based on the state of the permit. It's the reciprocity that that permit gets you in other places. Yeah, you can go to Arizona and carry out a Minnesota permit. But when you turn around and get that Arizona permit, I can go down and visit Joel because my Minnesota permit isn't honored in Texas, but in Arizona would be. Yeah. It's so overly complicated. You can open carry under constitutional, but you need a permit to carry. You can do it as a resident, but you can't do it as a non-resident. You can't. I mean, it's, it's the whole system is just. And every time you cross a state border, you've got to make sure that you've read up on all of those laws in that state. Because unlike driving, they change a lot when you cross yeah. a state line. No, we need national reciprocity. It, it is stupid. I mean, what what I can do here in Minnesota makes me a felon in New Jersey if I was to accidentally carry over there without knowing their laws. And I, I get, you know, the whole BS line that, you know, uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse, but it's BS when literally everybody who gets into office, their whole goal is to write more and more and more and more laws. So how could one person realistically uh, have, have that? Oh, my bad. I moved from the mic. Nobody can hear me. <laughs> Good looking out, AJ. <laughs> All right. Basically, gun laws are all unconstitutional that's where i was going with that so anyways the uh tennessee it's kind of weird it's not actually a bill or i mean it's not actually true constitutional carry it would create an exemption in the state law for the offense of unlawful carrying of a firearm as long as the gun owner still has the legal right to own a firearm meets the qualifications for an enhanced carry license so instead of just being like, hey, you can carry, it's, well, hey, we're not going to apply this law to you today. We may apply so, it tomorrow. Like if I'm interpreting this right and I've done zero research on this, you still have to jump through all the hoops minus getting the license. So like in comparison in Minnesota, you would still have to take the class. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't need to have uh, actual permit to carry. Is that right. I interpreting that properly? You were interpreting that correctly. Okay. Is that really constitutional carry? It's like constitutional carry with extra steps that's going to lead to some uh gray area issues yeah I think. yeah they certainly sounds like they could have made that a little more clear <laughs> mm. yeah aren't it's they the same state though where years ago when when burning the flag got to be kind of a thing they said that yeah burning the flag is legal but if you get so upset when you see somebody burning the flag that you can't help but beat them up, the fine is a dollar. <laughs> I think that was Tennessee. Some state did that. I think it was Tennessee. I mean, I feel like it's going to be Tennessee or Texas. Well, I was thinking Tennessee or Kentucky, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You can't never underestimate the weirdos from West Virginia. <laughs> you know, you guys just mentioned two more states that have constitutional care. <laughs> Kentucky and West Virginia. <laughs> you know, okay, so what, I was reading a little bit on the constitutional carry, and one line in the article really stuck out to me, which is, where's all the blood on the streets that, uh, you know, moms demand action and Brady 
campaign said would be if we have constitutional carry. We're looking at upwards of 20 states having constitutional carry. There's not a bunch of blood on the streets from that, right? It's just people trying to protect themselves. Uh, okay, yeah, the South Carolina one, it's just advanced from a House panel, but, I mean, often these types of bills die in committee. That's, that's exactly what happened here in Minnesota in 2019 when we uh, pushed constitutional carry is it just died in committee. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's nice to see it moving out. It's a sign uh, that they're moving in the right direction and South Carolina's pretty much all Republican controlled, which has a likely chance of passing. So moving towards that, you know, more pivotal 25 States that, you know, yeah, I've I've always maintained that that you know say what you want about the the carry laws we have here in Minnesota. I think given the general nature that the state has toward guns, I, I think we're pretty lucky to have the laws that we do. It certainly could be worse. I'd like to see the comparison on constitutional carry states versus medicinal marijuana use states, and how those two play against each other, or for each other for that matter. Both very up and coming hot topics in the. That is yeah, I wonder. I wonder, if, I wonder if anybody has collected that kind of data. Mm. I, I'm guessing not. Didn't South Dakota attempt to do uh, uh, recreational uh, marijuana, but like it got blocked? I feel like they passed it. I thought Dakota. South Dakota was a green light state. I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on anything. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I heard it was. I thought definitely it, not the world I live in. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. I thought that they did, but it got there was some sort of there. South Dakota Supreme Court had there was a challenge or something. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that either. That's not my world. So um, I just hope to see more states with constitutional carry. That's all. I feel like that would definitely complicate things. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. As long as the federal law still says marijuana is illegal, boy, you're talking the grayest of gray issues. Yeah, I mean, let's just fix the issue and, you know, remove the whole, was it, class two or schedule two or something or whatever, controlled substances. Yeah, schedule two controlled substance. Like, I mean, realistically... What, what, what are we doing here? Like, it's just a holdover from, you know, the 1930s when. Well, but that's because you need people like Joel and me who are against it to die first. Just as we talked about with scientific theories. Well, and, let's and get and going, government. guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. Got some compiling data tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Come I'm back uh, next week for the marijuana and gun conversation. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch Reefer Madness again. Oh, God. <laughs> that come out in, like, the early 50s, mid-50s? Or was it? It's very old. Really man. pulling that one out of the archive, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Reefer Madness. Nice. Well, I don't have too much more, guys. What do you else you want to talk about? Smith & Wesson saw a 102% increase in uh, gun sales in 2020. Duh. So did everybody? I was, was going to say, do you have numbers for anybody else? I would, I would imagine that was not unusual. 
if they can if they could produce the weapons, they could sell them last year, regardless yeah, of the company. I mean, duh. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. If we cross over into like uh, you know financial uh, market, I mean, it, if we're gonna even, I purchased Vista Outdoor stocks after they announced a one billion dollar backlog, and since that time, that stock is up fifteen percent. Nice. I mean, how much, how much more can you say how well you're doing than I have a billion-dollar backlog? I, this, the gun craze is continuing. The ammos, the guns, the accessories. I mean, this is still going strong. I mean, from our perspective, it, it feels like it's coming down, but... We're still up from... We are way up from two years ago. Way up. Well, you know what Shane, I mean, I mean just, just to even look at me, how long have I been looking for a Taurus TX-22? three months and I finally gave up three yeah. months. I can't yeah. find this gun. Yeah. No, it, it's, you're not going to find the gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it, 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 I don't do, I feel like we talked about Ruger. They were like opening up a whole nother production line, which is not a small investment. I mean, the tooling, the machining trained operators of that, like, that's that's millions of dollars. Yeah, adding a shift is one thing. Adding a whole new line, I mean, that's that's a capital. I bet it's tens of millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's got to be. I mean, we're it, it's it's insane. Um, Building costs alone these days are just astronomical. Right, and Shane, you would know this well. I mean, what kind of EPA requirements are in a place like that? I mean. Probably more on an ammo manufacturer than a gun yeah. manufacturer, but I would imagine that there's there's a lot of hoops that you'd have to run through for something like that just on the APA side alone. You know, for the gun manufacturing, not too much. Um, you know, it's just more worker safety stuff. But you start talking about, yeah, okay, I want to build another ammunition plant. You're going to run into some issues, right? Yeah. It's still a lot of worker safety issues, but I mean, you're still going to run into issues with. Um, okay, but as far as environmental, the bigger concern is definitely the ammo, not the gun. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, the real issue is just you're going to have a hard time getting raw materials, right? Like, just in general, and raw materials for anything, right? I mean, even lumber to build a building is out of control. I was going to build a shed this year, and I was going to redeck my deck. I should have done it last year because my shed that was twenty five hundred dollars is now over five thousand dollars. All world gone crazy. It was a blizzard in Texas a few weeks ago. I don't know if you guys heard. About it. <laughs> yes, it was. That was an interesting one. That, how that, that how that that blizzard was really really bad in. Um, so I'm in North Texas, pretty. I'm in the Wichita Falls area, and um, we saw um, zero degrees two nights in a row, in a, in a place where it's rare to get colder than 25. Yeah, and we had a lot of snow, but the cold was really bad, and um, it was yeah, it was devastating. Um, our power plants uh, were actually failing or not putting out full output and the renewable energy like like wind and solar was worthless because the solar panels had snow on them and the wind turbines are not winterized like the ones in north dakota where they've got like the de-icing technology so 
we had 60 gigawatt capacity of wind power just completely it was almost zero the output from from the wind power so um and then the uh we have a lot of uh, natural gas power plants and when power started shutting down it actually shut down power to the wells and pumps that are creating the natural gas pressure <laughs> so it, like, it was a vicious circle and um i think on monday of the storm there was a demand of, cascading failure <laughs> yeah yeah exactly there was a there was a uh, i think monday the day that it got the first day it got cold there was a demand of 60 gigawatts and the supply was around 19. so that's for the whole state of texas and i think it's the only time in history that every county in texas was below zero at the same i mean not below zero below uh, freezing wow at this at the same time it's the first time in recorded history and um i think it was the coldest temps in my area since the 1800s there was maybe one day when it got colder than uh, zero degrees but and anyway um it was, it was it was pretty bad and i just read an article today there's a nationwide plastics shortage because of our power outage um, i guess it disrupted a whole bunch of industries that make uh, plastics which go into everything from smartphones and car parts and i don't know maybe even glocks or something but like there's this huge shortage of plastic that's going to cascade down and, and it's starting to cause problems. They're having yeah, I imagine the whole petroleum industry down there took a hit. And I mean, that's a huge contributor, obviously to plastics. I mean, yeah, I, I guess so. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a bad storm in my area. A lot of people were without power for days and got, they got pretty cold. And a lot of the houses here don't have, uh, basements like you got up in Minnesota. They're built like a, the older ones are pier and beam. So it's, you know, there's like a crawl space under the house and that's where your plumbing runs. And, you know, if it gets down to 20 degrees one night, no big deal. But if it gets down to zero degrees, two nights in a row and the high in between is 15, you know, you, you got a lot of frozen pipes. So Yeah, we uh, build everything below the frost line. You guys didn't have a frost line before. Yeah. I, if, if there is a frost line here, it's like three inches or something. Not, <laughs> not 40 inches like in Duluth, or, you know. So, um, so what you're saying is it's going to be a lot of remodeling and wood prices are going to continue to climb. Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, it, it, yeah, it's not meant to handle that kind of cold, right? Like, what are you going to do? Um, I mean, it, it goes further than that, too. I mean, isn't the soil down there kind of weird that, you know, I mean, the the clay and the way it expands and contracts with moisture basements are kind of problematic. So it's it's not a question of they weren't there. It's like they're 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 tough to they're tough to, to, to pull off down there without, you know, the walls getting damaged and stuff. Yeah, I've heard that from the locals here. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people have problems with their um foundations kind of settling like they don't really put in uh footings here it's just they'll just pour a slab but then it um causes problems where part of the house starts to you know sink a bit you know over like 15 20 30 years and it's a problem yeah i saw a question pop up somebody was asking about ammo prices going down anytime soon and uh I think the answer is uh, you're certainly not going to see it happen this year. 
2022 so, is probably your best case scenario. I feel like there's been some increased availability of nine millimeter. Um, I don't know if it's going to come down, but I've definitely seen it more available than a month ago. Same with guns. They're starting to be more available because, I mean, realistically, if you didn't buy a gun in 2020, I mean, you're not going to buy a gun ever. So, or at least attempt to buy a gun, I should say. But so I, I don't know. It's not coming down ever. I don't know. I, I mean, I can't say nationally, but I mean, we got some pretty high-profile trials kicking off here locally, <laughs> and that could very much affect ammunition sales in the near locally, future. At least locally for us, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I hope they come down, but. Yeah, I'm with Jim. I don't think 2021 you're going to see prices come down. I don't think so. Nope. I, uh, because it, even if the manufacturer can get there and produce now, like they've caught up, that, you know, the, the lines are rolling, you know, we got overtime going, guys are really pumping stuff out. You're still talking about suppliers for those individual components, the lead itself, the primers. I mean, all those guys have to catch up to. And until they do, all of that combination, the whole supply chain is going to cause that ammunition to cost more for the near future. Have you guys noticed that they're not even bothering to stock 45 and 380 and any hunting rifle rounds? It's the only thing hitting the shelves is 9mm and 5.56. Well, what I don't know is do the manufacturers have the ability to kind of shift on the fly like that? Because, I mean, why would you make a bunch of 380 right now if 9mm has 10 times the demand? You know, so if, if it's not too difficult to switch from one ammo type to another, I certainly wouldn't be making 380. I'd be making nine millimeter and you know, whatever else I thought the market would buy in the largest quantities. I would like to assume that most of it is just uh, die die switching. Um, you know, there's going to be some issues, but a lot of it should just be a die switch on the machining line, and boom, you're you're now producing nine millimeter bullets versus you know uh, three. Uh, the 45 right you're now producing a different casing because it's again just a die i'd, li I'd like to think it's that simple but you know. but again i mean maybe maybe your logistic supply chain can't support that you know even if you shut down all the other lines can you support making that many or do you have enough yeah. brass coming in enough primers coming in enough you know what i mean for to kill that many other lines to right i don't know i'm pure speculation here but yeah to your point i mean burnsville pistol range is the range i'm at most often and i can't remember the last time somebody walked in and asked them if they had 380 and the answer was yes <laughs> i don't think it's happened this year yeah it's been at least three four months before they even had 380 in stock at all all right guys anything else i think we'll probably call it there Pretty good show. We, we covered a wide topic. Really de de delved deep into the, the red dot thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, has, has anybody's uh, crossbow from a couple of shows ago shown up yet? Um, if I was going to spend that kind of money on something, it's <laughs> no not going to be a crossbow. <laughs> it, it's going to be uh, 
a firearm with a red dot. Crossbow with a red dot. Hey, now we're talking. Well, they did have the slingshot with the laser. <laughs> okay, you know what? There's an application that makes sense for a laser. No other yeah, I'm not exactly sure how to use the iron sights on a slingshot either, so I can see that one. It's a real short sight radius. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. This is the Twin Cities Carry Live show. Uh, as I said in the beginning, you can find us on Facebook and on YouTube, Instagram. If you're watching the video and you would rather just listen to us, find us on any major podcast uh, carrier podcast platform out there we will be back in two weeks what's that that's it looks like the 31st 31st man i didn't even wish you guys i didn't even come in and say hey happy saint patrick's day big miss by me i'm the only one wearing green as far as you know the wife bought stuff for (laughs) shamrock shakes so when uh we get off this i'm going to be making myself a shamrock shake at like 10 o'clock at night right before i go to bed as the kids come filing out, Dad, what are you making? <laughs> oh, bad. No, no, they're probably Rock still awake because <laughs> they already had their shamrock shakes, so I am certain they are awake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining me. Uh, everybody else, we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>